Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great joy to be here with you, to be able to come together uh, online and in person to celebrate who Jesus is. This past week in, in Springfield and in the, the area that we are in, the Ozarks, um, it has been crazy. We have had snow, we have had ice, we have had uh, <laughs> sub-zero temperatures. Uh, it has just been a crazy week. So my guess is that you have experienced some of that, even if you're not in our area, because it seemed like all of, all of the United States was under some sort of winter weather advisory. So we are glad that you are with us. We are glad that you are warm. We are glad that you are safe. And hopefully uh, that is exactly the situation you find yourself in as, uh, as everything has started to finally warm up and thaw out, and, and hopefully it continues that way, and we can enjoy some of the weather and, and see this great big ball of fire in the sky called the sun uh, that we haven't seen in a few days. So uh, welcome to you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you're new here, thanks so much for being here with us. We're excited that you have chosen to spend a little bit of your time today. Hopefully uh, you're here because somebody invited you or you just stumbled across the stream. Either way, we want you to know that we are passionate about uh, being head over heels in love with Jesus Christ. We want, we want the world to know about it, and we want to share that with everybody we come in contact with. We know that we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that is Jesus. And we want to embrace that relationship. We want to go deep in that relationship so that we can be made more like Jesus Christ. And, and that's kind of the idea that that love relationship is kind of the idea that we have had uh, over this month. This is the month of February. It's the month of love. Last Sunday, we celebrated Valentine's Day. And, 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 and the whole idea for this series was let's, let's reclaim a little bit of the, the, the concept of love so that uh, it's not just Valentine's Day, but it's, it's the reality of what love is, that love is, love is weird. It, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's active and it goes, uh, goes through and around and over every barrier that it comes in contact with. Uh, and that's, that's kind of the idea that we're going to be talking about today is that love, love crosses barriers. It really does. It, it goes further than you think it should. It goes beyond where, where pe normal things would stop. Uh, love just continues and goes further. Uh, and it, it just reminds me uh, of a time when I was still in the Navy, uh, still stationed in Millington, Tennessee, and still dating uh, the young and fair maiden, Erica. And, and, and uh, we decided we were going to take a, a road trip. My, my buddy Shane and, and I were going to take a road trip, and we were going to drive down. We had leave, which in the, na in the Navy is this time that you can take off of work. Uh, it's vacation, but they call it leave for whatever reason. And we decided we were going to drive uh, to his, house, his, his family's house in Lafayette, Louisiana. His name was Shane Richard. Uh, it's actually spelled Richard, but he was uh, adamant that it's Richard because they are Cajun. He was very excited and happy about his, uh, his Cajun roots and, and, and the family that he had. And so he was excited to share that with me. And, and Erica decided, hey, I can drive to Louisiana. It's only about four hours away. 
and we're going to come visit. And so we were excited about that. Uh, she came to visit, and, and after we got there, uh, we decided we were going to go visit some friends of hers. Uh, and so we were going to go from Lafayette, we were going to go to Baton Rouge, where there's a school, uh, and, and they were in school there, and we were going to travel over there and, and hang out with her friends. Uh, to get there, you have to go across this bridge that, that takes you across the Atchafalaya Swamp. Uh, and here's, here's the bridge. I mean, it's a beautiful place. It really is. Uh, sunrise, sunset is amazing. There's water there. This is actually a place where you can put your boat in to the water. Uh, and the bridge is really long bridge. It actually spans over 18 miles of bridge over uh, water, uh, the, the swamp area. And so uh, Erica also had this really sweet 1982 Firebird Trans Am. And, and uh, the, the cool part about it is it was pull me over red, police officer, please pull me over if I speed a little bit. Uh, and so she would drive, I would not, because I was going to get a ticket if I was in that car in the driver's seat. Uh, so we drove from uh, Lafayette up to the bridge, and there's a gas station there. And we went to the gas station uh, to fill up with gas, and, and there was this weird odor uh, around the gas station. Like, it, it just smelled weird at the gas station. Didn't know what was going on. Uh, so we got in the car, and we continued on the bridge. About mile two on the bridge, 18-mile-long bridge, about mile two, smoke starts pouring off of the engine and we start pulling over to the side. But before we can get to the side, there's this huge bang and we don't know what's going on. And the engine kind of shudders and stops and, and the car is now stuck on the side of the road uh, on the Atchafalaya Swamp Bridge. And, and we're sitting there and, and we're like, you know, now what do we do? And, and fortunately, we've seen, this is back in the day before there are cell phones, 1989, 1990 range. And so we get out of the car and we walk to the, the emergency call box. We say, hey, we, we've broken down. Now, here's the worst part about breaking down on a bridge that's that long that there's no way around. There's no U-turns on the bridge. And so the tow truck came and we had to go 18 miles that way and then 18 miles back to go two miles back this way. Uh, it was just insane uh, and, and very expensive, I remember at that time. And so we, we, we get the car back uh, to Shane's family's house and, and his cousins, uncles, and uh, family just descend on this car. Oh, we're going to fix it. Um, they, they're looking at it. They know, okay, yes, definitely the radiator hose is broken. Definitely this is a problem. Uh, it may be even worse than that. And, and we called Erica's dad and we said, hey, just wanted to let you know that, uh, that, that this has happened. And he was like, I'm on my way. He, he didn't wait for anybody to say, hey, we can, we can fix it or we can't fix it. Uh, we were just looking at it at that point. He just said, I'm on my way. And, and he got in the truck and, and put a, borrowed a trailer and put it on the back, not knowing if he was going to need it or not, but not caring because he was going to go and, and rescue his daughter from this bad situation. And so he drives out uh, with this, this uh, trailer on the back of his truck all the way four hours out to Lafayette, Louisiana, and uh, shows up. And sure enough, he works with all of the folks that are out there and, and come to the conclusion that, yeah, we threw a rock 
rod, which, which is bad uh, engine-wise in the car, uh, means the engine no working no more. So I uh, had, to, had to replace the engine, but he wasn't going to do that there. He was going to take it home. And, and he knew a lot about cars and had connections, and so he was able to do that, throw the car up on the, on the trailer and take it home. And I just, I, that has always struck me, that there was nothing that he wasn't going to do to rescue his daughter from that situation. He was going to go there and make the best situation out of a bad situation because he loved his daughter. He, he would have gone the 18 extra miles across the swamp bridge if, ha, if he had to so that he could get to his daughter and, and, and make sure she was safe and make sure she had a way to get home. And so it cut our vacation short uh, together, but it was one of those moments when I really saw uh, what, what her dad was willing to do for her and, and what ultimately uh, love does when, when there are obstacles in the way, when there are barriers, when there are things that, that try to get in the way of love. Love just crosses those. Love crosses barriers. It demolishes barriers. It breaks them down because it is not going to be stopped or be held back. I, maybe you've, you've met people like this. I, I, I've known a bunch of friends, um, and one, either the boy or the girl that were in the relationship that I, I was friends with, their parents decided, no, the other, the, uh, the other person is not, not the right one for you. And so they were putting pressure on them to break up and, and made it difficult for them. And what happened was that their love became stronger that they had a focus then, and they, and they kind of had the opposition that they had to overcome. And so it was always one of those things that, to, in my mind, it was just amazing to see when love is, is pressured, when love is, is, is surrounded by barriers and things like that, it just demolishes them, goes straight through them. And it, it's, it's really because the heart will do whatever the heart needs to do, no matter if it makes sense no matter if it's costly, no matter what. Uh, and Emily Dickinson said this, the heart wa wants what it wants or else it does not care. If you're not willing to do those things, if you're not willing to go to action, if you're not willing to pursue all of those things, you are not really uh, being, being compelled by your heart. You're just doing it. So it's either, either you do it or, or you don't even care. And that's the idea that we have for our message today. The idea is this, that, that God crossed a great barrier and continues to cross barriers in our lives, in and through the church, in and through each of the individual people that call Jesus Christ Lord and, and, and seek to be more like Him. God uses us to break down barriers, uses us to share the love of God because it has already been shared with us. As a matter of fact, there's a great story in Scripture where John the Baptist, who was a cousin of Jesus, John the Baptist uh, knew that his role was to lift Jesus up and that he would diminish, his ministry would, would, would shrink down, and Jesus' ministry would grow and flourish. And, and so he, he told his, his disciples, hey, there's, there's the one who was to come, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, go and follow him. Uh, and, and so later in his life, he, he had been arrested, and he started because he was human, started to have doubts and concerns. And he said, hey, Jesus, uh, he sent his disciples to ask, hey, Jesus, are you the one who was to come or is there somebody else that we should be waiting for? I I'm just not sure anymore. And Jesus replied, go back and report to John 
what you hear and see. Not go back, and I'm going to give you a list of the reasons why I'm the Messiah, but go back and tell him what you're seeing happen. Go back and tell him what you hear happen. He said this, uh, he, he continues, Jesus, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Jesus is breaking down every barrier, every opposition, everything that can be in the way. Jesus is breaking it down so that he can come into relationships, so that he can restore the relationship of the people he is interacting with to the Father. The poor, the lame, the deaf, the dead are being raised. And, and it's all because Jesus isn't taking no for an answer. Jesus is pursuing the people so passionately so that he can return them to a right relationship. There's no better picture of this than the story of the woman at the well uh, that comes to us from John's gospel. Uh, it says this, now he, Jesus, had gone through Samaria, had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Now, Samaria is where the Samaritans live, and the Jews hate the Samaritans because they are an offshoot. Uh, their, their religion is based on the Jewish faith, but it, it, it turns it and, and makes some changes, and so the Jews really don't like the Samaritans at all. And, and it's, it's in this town of Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, and it was about noon. So Jesus and the disciples are going through Samaria, and Jesus is tired from his journey from teaching and preaching and proclaiming what the kingdom of God that was coming and is coming, uh, and, and so he sits down by the well while the disciples go off to get food. And then this happens. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me something to drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Now here's, here's the deal. There are so many, so many cool illustrations that this story tells. I mean, there's, there's a great picture of how to share your faith with somebody. There's a great picture of, of uh, embracing the idea of somebody not being too different from you, of, of, of breaking down the barriers of race and, uh, and socioeconomic perspective and all of that. But for us, the picture is this. Jesus loved this woman too much to let her stay where she was. You see, she comes to the well at noon because she's got some baggage. She doesn't want anybody else around to know that she's going to the well because they're just going to ridicule her and make fun of her or talk behind her back because of the decisions that she has made in her life. And Jesus knows this, and Jesus knows she's a Samaritan, and Jesus also knows that she's a woman. And, and that is another problem. That's another barrier that should be in place because the, the, she's a married woman uh, and, and Jesus is engaging in conversation with her uh, outside of the presence of her, her, her husband. And so here's, here's the deal. Jesus doesn't care. 
He doesn't care what the barriers are. He doesn't care what the rules say. He doesn't care what the regulations are. He doesn't care what propriety states. He doesn't care because his love for her is more powerful than the rules and regulations. He crosses the barriers that are put in place by people so that he can share the love that has been put in place by God. He crosses those barriers because he loves her too much to leave her alone. And he shares with her the gift of who he is and the hope of what's going on. And here's another one, is is that her religion was was broken in in the eyes of the Jews, and, and yet Jesus takes the time to share with her the hope that he is, the hope that he has to offer, and the restoration of, of that relationship that she can have with her Father in heaven. This is the beauty of who Jesus is, and this is the beauty of what Jesus does. Here's the deal. God meets us where we are and carries us forward. God meets us where we are in our brokenness. If it was up to us to meet with God, that we had to be right enough or good enough or holy enough or or perfect enough that we could meet with God, we would never make it. But God, in his great love for us, builds a bridge for us so that he can come to where we are because we can't go where he is. And then together, he builds a bridge and a way back for us to get into that relationship with our Father in heaven. You see, God did not think divinity was too much of a cost to pay uh, or too much of a barrier to overcome to come and be with us. God didn't think dying on a cross was too much of a barrier to overcome to, to have a right relationship with us. God said there are no barriers that are too much. There is no cost I will not pay for those that I love, and I will pursue them with everything I have. And that's the hope that we have in Jesus. That's the life that we are invited to come into, and that is where we can come alive in who Jesus is, embracing this idea of his great love for us, and then responding to that love. And we can do that in two ways. We can respond by receiving what God makes available to us by saying, yes, Lord, I I accept your gift of love, your gift of salvation, your hope in my life, and and, and come into my life and help me to, to go forward with you. Carry me forward into the future you have in mind for me. And the second is, it's similar. We respond by doing what God calls us to do. Do what God calls you to do. Don't hold back. Love God. Love your neighbor and make a difference in the world for Jesus. I, I, there's a pastor named Francis Chan. He, he has some great illustrations, uh, great pastor, uh, and has, has done some phenomenal things. He's got an illustration that I just love uh, about just doing what Jesus said to do. You know, we've been called to go and make disciples. We've been called to love God, love our neighbor. Why don't we just go do that? We, we just, we find reasons or excuses not to. He says, it would be as if I told my, my daughter, hey, go clean your room. And she said, okay. Uh, later in the day, I go back to her and I say, hey, how's it going with cleaning your room? And she says, well, I thought, I thought really deeply about what you said, go clean your room. I th- I, I, actually, I studied it. I, I, I dwelled upon, I marinated on your words. Go clean your room. Dad, I, I, thought, I thought so much about it that I got, I got some friends together and we talked about it. 
And we, we studied what you said. Go clean your room. We studied it in a group. And, and then to be totally uh, understanding of what you were saying, we learned the, the Greek and Hebrew way to say, go clean your room so that we could really know what you were saying to do. And he said, yeah, that's great, but you didn't clean your room. All, all I asked for you to do was go clean your, not study it, not marinate on it, not have a Bible study about it, not have a, a small group that learns Greek and Hebrew, but instead to take the step, to take the action. Jesus calls us into action, just like his love has hit us in action. We need to go and be a part of the world in action. We can't sit on the sidelines and expect for the world to be made different by the love of God if we're not willing to step into the world and share the love that God has given us with the world around us. No barrier is enough. We can't let socioeconomics be a thing. We can't let political parties be a thing. We can't let uh, gender confusion, illustrations, irritations, things that we are concerned and confused about be a thing. We have to recognize that people are people are people, and we need to meet them where they are. Regardless of how we feel about it, regardless of what we think is right or wrong, we need to recognize that Jesus loves them where they are and meet them where they are and care for them where they are and share the love of Jesus right where they are. Not expect them to get right before they can have a good relationship with us so that we can share that relationship then with the Father. But instead, let's join together and go into that place where they are and just be present with them. Love them the way that we have received love from the Father and make a difference. And friends, it might get messy. It might be crazy. We might have to do some backtracking. We might have to do U-turns. We might get hurt and we might get dirty, but we will make a difference for Jesus Christ. So don't be confused about who you are called to be. You are called to be disciples of Christ, and you are called to act on the love that Jesus has given to us and share that love and grace by meeting people, every person where they are, loving them where they are, and helping them to take next steps to make a right decision for Jesus Christ. Not forcing the right decision on them, but by love and grace being present with them. My hope is that we can do that. We can really take that to heart and really embrace that and really live into it. May it be so now and forever. Let's pray. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks and praise for who you are, for the great love that you have given to us and the way that you hold nothing back from us. God, help us to come alive in that love. Help us to embrace that love and to step into that love wholeheartedly so that we can realize that there is nothing that you won't do for us and, and help us to recognize, Lord, that there should be nothing that we won't do for for the people that you love. And that's each and every person here on this planet, that we should love them where they are and help, help together to grow in our relationship with you. Father, we just pray that you would pour your Holy Spirit out upon us, that as we are present with you, that, that you would ignite our passion 
for making a difference in your world, that, that we wouldn't let any barriers stand in our way. And if there's somebody out there today that is hearing this message for the first time and, and is feeling that, that small, still warming of your heart that, that makes a difference or, or the still, small voice of God that is calling out to you, God, I just pray that you would overwhelm them with the power of your Holy Spirit and that they would take a step in the direction of faith today, that they would say, Father, I need you. And that that would begin a beautiful love relationship that could continue and grow in the presence of your kingdom so that your will can be done on your earth now and forever. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone agreed and said, amen.